Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the You Should Run podcast. I am your host, Tony Heil, council member in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, right near Philadelphia. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I have talked with at least one really cool guest from every state plus D.C. at all levels of government, from borough council like myself, school board, all the way up to uh, U.S. Senate and Congress and state reps and everything in between. And obviously the title of the podcast is You Should Run, and you shouldn't just run where it's easy, you shouldn't just run in certain places or for certain offices. People need to be running for office at all levels, and especially um, good progressive leaders who are trying to take things forward. And that includes my guest today who I'm very excited about. He is the mayor of Talladega in Alabama. Uh, and he is uh, going to share his experience and hopefully inspire you to get involved in your community, Timothy Raglan. So, Tim, thanks so much for talking today. Thank you, sir. I'm really honored that you invited me. Well, I'm honored. You're my guest, so we're both honored. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so you are the mayor of Talladega, but you weren't up until pretty recently. You know, it's a uh, my question I always start with with my guests here is, have you always been politically minded? Has it always been something of interest to you, or did something kind of spark you to be involved and pay more attention? You know, I have always been politically minded. I have, um, when I was a kid, I would read about all the presidents and, mm-hmm. and other elected officials, senators, and congressmen, and I, I saw their um, career paths, if you will, and that's something that I always was interested in. Um, and I ran in 2019, um, after serving as a field organizer in several different capacities from, uh, the presidential election in 2016, uh, in Northern Florida up to, up through, um, serving as a regional field director for a gubernatorial campaign here in Alabama in 2018. And, you know, I went off and did those things and then I came home and I looked around my city and I saw buildings that were dilapidated and they had been, you know, from my childhood up until that point. And I saw, uh, infrastructure that didn't look great. I saw, um, a lot of overgrown lots and buildings that were condemned, but were still standing. And I didn't like what I saw in my community, what I saw in my city. Um, and then another thing is people weren't proud to say that they were from Talladega. We had some elected officials around that time who, um, got into some trouble for extramarital things and, uh, you know, all kind of bad. We were, we had, we were getting a lot of bad press. Um, and I wanted to highlight all the good things that were happening in our city. And so I decided that I wouldn't be one of those people that got on Facebook and started complaining about what should be done and what wasn't happening. I decided that I would be the change that I wanted to see in my community. And so I, I ran for mayor. And like you just said, it's not like you rose through the ranks of Talladega government or you like some people who are mayors were city council members or they were even state reps. You know, they they moved to become mayor of a, a significant city. And Talladega is not like 100 people. It's a significant city. Right. So, um, right. you know, how were you received from the neighbors, whether it's in your party or overall, when you decided to become a first time candidate? Right, yeah, we're a city of uh, just under sixteen thousand, mm-hmm. um, and then twice a year we're, we're one of the largest cities in the state during race weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I when I ran initially, a lot of people were like, 
oh, that's that's they were kind of like that's cute. Um, you know, it's a it's a feel good story. The local kid comes home and runs for mayor, um, and a lot of people uh, didn't take us didn't take the take me in the campaign seriously. Um, but once I was able to get my ideas out there and direct people to my website. Um, and this was all pre-COVID, so I was able to get out and shake hands and kiss babies, you know, that kind of thing, and, and talk to people about the issues that were going on in, in our community and my ideas for solving them. Um, people began to take the campaign more seriously, mm-hmm. and we were able to make it to a runoff, and uh, we, we 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 ran by 23, won rather, by 23 votes. 23 and, uh, votes out of how much? Out of 20, uh, total votes cast was around 2,500. Wow, that is, yeah, that must have been nerve wracking. Did your fingernails grow back? <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, initially in the general election, I was up at City Hall. Every time they put out a precinct, I was looking at the papers, you know, looking at the numbers and that kind of thing, and I was completely stressed out. Um, so during the runoff, I went to um, the watch party. I did not go to City Hall. I, I sent some campaign uh, volunteers there, and. They called me and said, you won. And I was like, okay, which which precinct? Uh, which ward? We have wards here. And, and they were like, no, you won. And I and I was completely in shock. Um, it, was, it was a surreal feeling. So it's interesting now because I feel like today, if you win by 23 votes for in a race, even with that many votes, like not millions, but thousands of votes, there's going to be so much fighting about did you win and like ugliness what was it handled well like that kind of victory by everyone like ah oh, well timothy won yeah you know um i don't really remember much controversy around um around the election the um outgoing incumbent you know said the he he was the will of the people had spoken and and it was that kind of thing so um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's amazing to see how just two years later, um, I can see how much more controversy they could there could be, um, because we're we're so much more polarized even in two years uh, compared to where we were in 2019. And it's interesting because you say we, and obviously you meant the country or the city or the state, um, right? But um, so tell I want to know more about Talladega because, like you said, you get to be the mayor of one of the biggest cities in the country for a couple of times a year, right? It's a pretty right. cool thing to have on your resume forever. You get to say, I was the mayor of Talladega no matter what else happens. Um, right. But you had never been in office, right? And nope. you become you, – you know you win. I remember when I won my election, I was like, oh, now I have to do stuff. Right. You know, what was your, what's the feeling? Because I want people who are listening to think about running for office. Like, people who haven't run before don't think that they're ready to be in office. That's the reason they don't run. How quickly, how easy was it for you to feel like, yeah, I'm, I can do this. I got to take this on. To be honest with you, I still don't feel like yeah. I'm ready. Um, I, I, I was, so the, the day of the runoff or the morning of the runoff, I go to my uh, polling location to vote. I go and I vote and I sit down in my car and I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. I've I've, like a a chest pain that I've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's not, that that's not right. So I go to the doctor and and we talk about what I was feeling in. I was diagnosed with anxiety while I was having an anxiety attack. Um, because I, I kind of felt like at that point that I had got to a place that I was going to be able to win. 
Um, and I thought like, wow, I actually have, like you said, I have to do stuff. I have to mm-hmm. put all these plans in motion. But I, imposter syndrome is something that I still struggle with a, a whole lot of days. And if you're waiting for the moment that you feel like you're ready, you'll never run. Mm-hmm. Um, because you'll never feel like you're you you know enough that you've done enough. Um, it's a constant every day. You have to be willing to do the work, and that's the qualifier. Are you willing to do the work, and are you willing to work on behalf of people um, who who believe in you enough to give you their vote? And a mayor is, in a lot of ways, a solitary position. You know, you are the executive. Um, what, what's the government structure like there? Cause where I am, we have oh. a mayor and borough council, but the borough council kind of runs everything. The mayor doesn't have a lot of power. Whereas in Philadelphia or New York city and big cities, the mayor has a lot more power. So what's, do you, do you have a lot of, um, responsibility? So, um, here we have a mayor manager or council manager form of government. Mm-hmm. So we have a city, uh, city manager who, it's full time. My mayor is a part time position here, um, so that person handles the day to day administrative things. Um, that being said, I you know when I was running, I told people that I'll be much more active mm-hmm. um, than other mayors have been in this form of government. And I think I think everybody, whether they're uh, in favor or or against what I've been doing, would would agree that I've been much more active than than other mayors have. Well, even I've noticed, and I live in Pennsylvania, so you must have been doing something. Um, and I feel like we, I just had a finance meeting the other day with my uh, borough manager. And he, like, again, here, he does the work. It's not a full time mm-hmm. job for me, but um, I know that residents don't blame him when things don't go well. They blame me or they blame the mayor, the borough pre- council right. president. So. What kind of relationship do you end up having with the community um, in, with the work you do? Yeah, I, and, and that's true here, too. Um, I get a whole lot of calls when, when things don't go right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm the one that gets the calls. But, no, I'm, I'm very active in the community. Um, I make sure that I'm very accessible, um, especially via social media. I, get, I cannot tell you how many people contact me through Facebook Messenger about issues. And I, and I make sure that I'm, you know, very responsive in that way. Um, I think because I, I'm not here full time, I'm or when I say here in City Hall, full time, mm-hmm. I think that allows me the opportunity to be able to get out into the community because I don't have to worry about the, you know, those monotonous tasks of paperwork and that kind of thing. I'm able to get out and go to the barber shops and the hair salons and the local eateries and, and talk to people about what's really going on and how they really feel. And not only that, I, I'm, I'm able to have a relationship with city employees and see what they do so that I can come back to the council and the city manager and say, Hey, I was out with uh, the community appearance department and this is an issue that they're having. Here's how I think we can address it. And so that's been, it's been really great um, to have that, that opportunity and the city manager and I work very well together. Um, He's been here a few months, uh, just short of six months. Um, and so we've been able to develop a relationship and we work very well together and I'm, we're really lucky to have it. And you as an organizer worked on uh, presidential campaigns, like you said, gubernatorial, some big yeah. ticket items. And I think people know what a governor, well, at least they think they know what a governor does. People mm-hmm. believe that the president is in charge of everything, um, right. a level of minutia that no president 
like they're like why the the apple prices are too high today it's like well it's probably not the president's fault no matter right. who's president but what yeah. what do you think now that you have this experience that voters taxpayers um should know about what local government does and maybe be more aware of so they can become better participants in democracy mm-hmm. you know i i think a lot of people uh their, they feel their civic engagement ends once they've cast their vote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I've cast my vote, my guy's in there, my woman's in there, all right, go do your work, and I'll watch. And we still need people to be engaged as much, even more so than they were in the campaign. Um, it's, I, I, I can say firsthand, um, there have been proposals that I've made, and when there's an empty room, the council's like, eh, no, I don't know. And then when there's a full room of people who support it, the council is, you know, 100% in favor. Mm-hmm. And so being engaged, showing up to City Hall, sending those emails and making those calls to your mayor and your council member uh, definitely has a positive effect. And right now there's kind of a fear that can have a negative effect. We see a lot of extremism that's come down to school boards, local councils, mm-hmm. Um I'll be honest. I have it in mind on my street because there's a neighbor of mine who I will remain nameless who was at the insurrection, and you oh, know, wow. so I always when there's not a parking space in front of my house, I'm like well, we're going to park far away from him if we can. He, you know, he's all bluster. But um, do you find that's coming down to even your level where you have to like be careful about the the temperature in the room and the dialogue to make sure everyone's kind of just being respectful. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen that here. Good. <laughs> um, that has not happened here, and I, a lot of people are surprised. Um, but I, I really can say, no, we haven't had that issue. Um, you know, I've seen comments on Facebook about um, different conspiracy theories and things like that. But as far as the conversations I've had with the council and the members of the community who reached out to me and, and who I see on a day-to-day basis, I have not experienced that, thankfully. And I find you probably agree, like – there's so many people who make a comment on Facebook and you're like, I'm going to have this meeting and it's going to be tense. And then none of them show up. Yep. That's, that's, I think that's probably the case 90% of the time. Right. Um, you know, I, I guess people have a different courage behind a keyboard and, or, or phone screen, but I have not, I, I would say I definitely agree with that. Now, um, on the other hand, obviously the squeaky wheel gets the grease and I'm sure you have, mm-hmm people who are like, ah, I'm hearing from Emily again, or I'm hearing from Bob. Um, It's always those same people. And you bring an organizer hat to this that other people may not have. Have you found that being an organizer makes you a different mayor than maybe other people had been in, not just as mayor of Talladega, but in other offices around you? Like, do you think, Mm -hmm. is, is that bringing a different connection to voters than maybe other people had done where maybe they took it for granted? Yeah, you know, I do think so. Um, I, like I said, I really like to get out and talk to people. Um, I think the best way to engage is through conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I picked up in my organizer days. Um, you know, we used to say signs don't vote. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to you got to go talk to people. And so being able to do that and present my plans to people face to face when I can. And sometimes, you know, more recently through town hall, virtual town halls and that kind of thing. That's definitely been very effective for me. Um, I noticed some other mayors don't do that. Um, 
And it's for me, being able to talk to people is is always my number one go to. Yeah. And you're a younger person in office as well, both in terms of age and in terms of experience. So right. you know, there is an older thinking sometimes, I think, in government where people and I don't again, not about age, just well, that's how we've well, always I, I done understand. it. Um, what what does it mean to have that newer thinking? Not just in because people think of like AOC or um, Katie Porter, like they think of these big names in politics. But what does it mean to have that newer thinking at the local level to maybe boost trust in what government can do and boost engagement? Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is where rubber meets the road, and I, I know you know firsthand. You know, local government is what affects us the most. Um, and so being able to engage here and be able to talk to people and explain things that you would not have explained from your governor or, uh, you know, your congressional representation and president being able to talk to people about the issues that they have and and what they may not understand as far as the jurisdiction of the local government, um, is definitely been beneficial for us. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to be, be here where the rubber meets the road. And now that the rubber meets the road, you're trying to implement policies. And I know you're trying to build up like, um, jobs and you know opportunity in your area. What kind right. of issues are you working on that you can – because you can't implement universal health care. You can't implement right. like um, building up a new military base. You can – but what, what are you working on that you can get done as mayor or in local government that maybe someone else could run for office and do elsewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a firm believer that the best investment that any any government can make is in people. And so here we're working on a workforce development program with our educational institutions. Uh, we're fortunate to have the Alabama Institute for the Deaf and Blind housed in our city. Um, Talladega College, which is the oldest private HBCU in the state of Alabama, is here in our city, um, as well as Central Alabama Community College. Um, along with Talladega City School System. And so we're working with all those folks to come to to bring us all to the table to work on workforce development. Now for us that means bringing adults in the community to the to uh, the workforce development opportunities as well as the students at AIDB, Talladega College, CAC and um, city school system. Bring all of them together uh, through you know, the, the mediums may be a little different, but bringing them all together so they can have access to uh, workforce development in terms of technology. Uh, Alabama is really big on in the automotive industry right now. Um, and I want to make sure, though, that we don't get so stuck there that we miss other opportunities. By that, I mean, uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, uh, the city of Talladega was very big in textiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that industry has gone away. Um, and so that caused a lot of people to be without jobs. And although we have the autom- automotive industry right now, I don't want us to be in a position that we were then if they find greener pastures where they can pay people uh, you know, less and get more or whatever the case may be. I don't want us to be left with thousands of people without jobs. And so I want us to diversify our economy uh, for that reason. And because it helps us down the road, right? Um, and so the best way to do that, in my eyes, is through technology. 
um, they're, that's the way of the future. And I want us to be prepared for the jobs that we can get today and those that will be available in the future. And so those are the type of programs that we're trying to tailor um, for our community so that we can recruit those technological uh, giants and startups to come here uh, and to pay our people good wages and so that they can reinvest that money into our community and we can grow uh, through that type of economic development. I think that's probably very important, and I think a lot of people um, can coast on whatever is successful for their town or their mm-hmm. state. You know, Pittsburgh, right. where I'm from originally, it was a steel town, and right. there's still still the Steelers, but no one's, you know, that's not the, it's a healthcare town now, more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. It's a tech town. Um, what, but Pittsburgh is a big city and a big state, and it's got all those schools, and how do you... How, how do you think you could be successful? Like you're going to, you might be mayor for another couple of more years. You might be mayor for another 10 years. I don't know. Like what would you deem as a successful approach to getting these kind of diverse jobs there um, and diverse kind of opportunity to, um, for um, jobs? Sorry for, <laughs> sorry for vomiting over myself. So I'm not going to edit that out. I'll sound like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Listen, I, uh, I I have a problem. Sometimes my brain moves faster than my tongue, and so things get jumbled up. So I, I completely understand. But listen, for us, success looks like having those. If we can just get one tech job, one tech giant or or startup to come here and to start, I'm I'm certain that we'll be able to recruit others um, because we are we're really a fertile. Uh, for lack of a better term, a fertile ground here to start that kind of work. Um, I really think it's very important to take advantage of the opportunities that you have in your city, wherever you may be. For us, mm-hmm. we have several education educational institutions, so we're going to take advantage of those and leverage those to bring in the type of jobs that we think will be beneficial to our residents here. Um, but wherever you are, you need to take a take an assessment and an honest look at where you are uh, as far as a city, as far as a community, and look at how you can leverage that to bring other businesses in. Maybe you have um, uh, civil rights, a lot of civil rights history, where you can leverage that and bring in a whole lot of tourism because a lot of people are interested in that. You just have to market it mm-hmm. and package it in a way that is palatable, palatable to people. So being able to have an honest assessment about where you are is, is kind of key in that, in that area. Yeah. And I think right now you see a lot of cities across the country that 20 or 30 years ago, you wouldn't have expected them to be hubs for tech is now they're, they're now those places in Texas, um, Mm -hmm. Georgia, um, and, uh, you know, North Carolina, all these places that, you know, not that they were bad places before, but, if you right. said 20 years ago, oh, this town is bringing in these places, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of odd. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I was also excited to talk with you. I, uh, um, one of my sons, my son is seven. He's in Scouts. One of his uh, friend's parents is from Alabama. I said something oh, about wow. that. And she's like, oh, I, I grew up fine, but I wouldn't want to move back there. It's like... It, it it felt ostracized for her based on culture and politics and everything like that. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily fair because Alabama is a big state and Talladega is different from another part and another part. How, um, what can you do to, you know, help the reputation so that other people will either want to move back, not want to leave, that they'll like, they'll see Talladega is not just a place where, 
it's a big city for twice twice a year, you know. Right. Yeah, and that's a big deal for us. That's that's one of the things that was really important to me when I was running, um, kind of instilling pride back into the community. Um, so there are several approaches to that. One, um, being able to attract some quality of life things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people get out of work on Friday, they want to have something to do, and they want to be in a place where there is something going on. Um, so we, we were working to attract some of those type of uh, things. Um, you know, one thing I've, and I've been able to travel to a couple different cities um, and look at what they do uh, as far as keeping their residents happy. Um, something like things like litter. Um, if, you grow, if you drive around cities that have people who are happy, you, you'll notice that there's not a lot of litter. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we're working on. And that all goes back to pride as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went on a, a vacation to St. Thomas and I, as we went around the, the island, I noticed I didn't see any trash. And so I talked to uh, the taxi driver and I was like, I, I never see trash here. What, 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 what do you do? He said, well, we have a thousand dollar fine for littering. And I was like, well, yeah, that'll, <laughs> that'll do it. Um, but having that pride in your community definitely makes people want to be there uh having good jobs is definitely uh, a sticking point low crime uh and 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 when you have good jobs you kind of kind of see that that crime is less because having money kind of tends to eliminate the crime now you sometimes you know you have your petty crimes but the more violent ones tend to be lower um statistically when there's a higher uh income ratio and so we have to work on a lot of fronts in order to get people to want to stay at home and to come here. Um, that was, like I said, that's one of the big things for me. I went off, um, and when I came home, I didn't like what I saw. And so I'm, we're working to change that. When I say we, I think it's a community approach. I can't do it alone. The city manager can't do it alone. The council can't do it alone. The citizens can't do it alone. We all have to work collaboratively to make the city as great as it can be. Now, one last thing then. Um I know from where I am the the divide sometimes in a, in local politics is less Democrat versus Republican than new versus old. And again, not necessarily in age, but in thinking of this is right. why would you want to change our town? It's like it's been like this forever versus mm-hmm. things are going to change regardless. And you have a message of I came back and I didn't like what I saw. Um, to a lot of people, that could be what's off putting. You know, like oh, right. that message, but. I guess you have a lot of people that agree with you, right? So what's that response been to people to like, yeah, let's yeah. build up the pride, let's do this? You know, I, I have to say it's been a really, really amazing response. A lot of people um, have come on board and we're working together to, to make things better. Um, I found that in government, well, a lot of times we have a, a very one-size-fits-all approach to, to our work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that obviously is not... It's not beneficial. Um, and then I also noticed that we have a very linear way of thinking. We always we think that in order to get to C, you have to go through B. But sometimes the best way to get to C is through G or through F or through Z. There's more than one way to skin a cat is what my grandmother would say. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be willing to be innovative. And I think that's um, not to toot my own horn. I think that's something that I bring to the table. I'm 31. I'm the youngest person in the city government, um, leadership. And so I, I try to 
bring innovative ideas, things that we may not have done before, new approaches to old problems. And, and that helps us to be more agile as a city, to be able to adapt a little better. Um, in 2019, November 2019, I was elected. Three to four months into that, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no background in public health. Right. That's not even something that was on my platform for running. I, I didn't have any healthcare related things on there because, as you said, I'm, I can't implement universal health care or, or anything in the in that realm. Um, but we had I had to be able to adapt to that and we had to make a plan to keep our citizens safe. Um, and I think that's probably the most controversial time that I've had as mayor uh, when we were implementing uh, mask mandates and stay at home orders and all that kind of thing. Um, but I'm definitely happy that we we, were, we did not have the type of outbreak that we saw in other cities that surround us. Um, and I and I would have to say that goes back to being able to bring new approaches in, into that. That was a new problem, but being able to think on our feet and be agile in, in the things that we did and do things that are out of the box. Um, we were one of the first cities to impose a stay-at-home order in Alabama. Uh, we were one of the first cities to stop water cutoffs here in Alabama. Um, because if we're in a public health crisis, we need people to be able to wash their hands, and take baths and all that kind of thing. And so I, I'm, I'm really happy to to be able to work with folks every day who are experts in their field. And I, I would encourage anybody who's running for office to surround yourself with people who know more than you do about different things. Um, there's never a time where I want to be the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. uh, because if I am, that means I'm in the wrong world. And so I, I want people to feel free to give me their ideas and their criticisms. Um, I, I've met a lot of elected officials who feel that they're above criticism. They're, they believe in, you know, the big eyes and the little U's. Uh, and so I want to be a person that, that kind of bucks that trend and works with everybody in our community who has an idea about how we can make this city better. And I think for the last two years, we, we've been successful in doing that. Well, you must have been if you're still there at this point as well, uh, getting through that. And, and, you know, as you're talking, I just want to bring up that you must also be able to govern with trust with a lot of these very tough things happening and, you know, the, the pushback in every community, whether it's a conservative or liberal or in the middle community, there's been a lot of issues with trust and government. Have you found that you've been able to successfully maintain trust and, and get it from people with being a new young person in this office? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, and I, I think that again, I know I sound like a broken record, but it really goes back to having conversations with people. Um, I have virtual town halls and I talk to people. I, I have them send in questions and I answer those questions um, on Facebook live most often. Mm-hmm. And I talk about what's going on. I talk about, I present the issue. This is my plan for it. And I welcome feedback. Like I said, sometimes I may not have the best idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And if somebody has a better idea, I definitely welcome it. And that's something that I think has been, uh, you know, key to building the trust and maintaining the trust through all the myriad problems that we've had over the last two years. Well, lastly, I ask all my guests, you know, if people are listening to this and they're frustrated with their government, especially on a local level. Not frustrated, but they see things going on that they would like to make better. But they maybe maybe think, you know, I've never done that before. 
Um, I'm probably not the right person. What words would you say to encourage people that maybe they should run for office too, especially if they're younger and especially if they are running for local office? Mm -hmm. I would say, why not? Mm -hmm. Why not you? Um, if you see the problem, you're probably the person that needs to address it. Um, that's that's something that I had to tell myself and I, and I tell myself often. If you don't speak up, who will? If you don't advocate, who will? There are people in your community who are not has not who have not been as fortunate as you have to have the experiences that you have. Maybe you went to one of the better colleges or you went to college. A lot of people don't have that opportunity and you can make a change in somebody's life. You can make a difference in somebody's life. So why not you? Why not get engaged? If I can help anybody that's out there that wants to, um, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm free to talk to anybody and we can work out a schedule and I can talk to you about some of the logistical things that I did and the, the political things as far as talking to different people and, you know, getting churches and community members involved in the, in the fight, so to speak. Um, but I definitely would encourage you if you have a passion and you see a problem in your community to address it. Um, because if you don't, nobody else will. That's what I, I completely agree. And I know that mayor Tim, as he is on Twitter and in real life, um, obviously is very willing to chat cause he's willing to chat with me. You can follow him on Twitter at Timothy L Ragland. Uh, and you, you could also follow at Talladega Gov to find out more directly from there. And um, Mayor, if people want to follow you in any other way, learn more about you, maybe get in touch, what's the best way for them to uh, follow you aside from Twitter? Um, Instagram and Facebook are both Timothy L. Ragland. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm very responsive on those. Um, send me a message. I'll be happy to, to chat with you. Um, my email address is tragland at talladega.com. And uh, I would love to, to help anybody that I can because I really think, especially young people, uh, we need to get involved because the decisions that are made today will be affecting us for the rest of our lives. And so get involved. Why not you? I agree. Thank you so much, Mayor. And if you're listening, hopefully you will run because you should run for office too. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir.